Welcome to Lessons for Leaders. This week I'm joined by Scott McClellan for an amazing conversation about why you need to think about balance more. We talk about the impact of your own balance on your team and how that can have a ripple effect. Listen in for the one moment that had a huge impact on Scott's team and we chat about how you can be authentic with the well-being message and loads of things we can do differently as well as the one thing you need to start with to be an authentic leader that is committed to well-being. So join me on today's episode. So welcome to Lessons for Leaders. Each week, I bring you lessons, learnings, tips and advice to enable you to lead with ease in business without the stressed out and overwhelm so that I help you increase your performance, be resilient and thrive in life. I'm Emma Langton, your host, leadership coach and workplace trainer, helping you and your workforce increase that performance, improve well-being and make the impact that you want in the world. Now, recently, I've been seeing an increase in organisations contacting me to discuss wellbeing workshops for their employees. Even though we've got a lockdown timeline for releasing restrictions, I'm seeing an upturn in stress levels and it's affecting performance and mental wellbeing, particularly when we're being challenged with remote working. So if that's the same for your organisation, then I have a limited amount of virtual workshops that I'm able to tailor and deliver to your organisation so that over the next six weeks, we can ensure that your people are able to reduce those stress levels, even in challenging situations, so that they're able to get proven coping strategies and be able to perform at their best whilst improving their mental health and well-being. If you want to talk about this support or any longer term plans, then get in touch with me at my website, emmalangton.com, and we can have a conversation about what we can do to support you. One client said, Emma's training honed in on current issues perfectly and she was able to vocalise what the group were feeling and pinpoint the underlying causes and issues whilst also offering very attainable and actionable solutions. The feedback has been fantastic and the team is much more confident and better engaged and able to focus on their work. I would highly recommend Emma. Oh, blushes. But yes, that's exactly what it is that I do. So please do get in touch with me. I'm always happy to have conversations. If you're not ready to do that yet, then you can get onto my newsletter. Again, link in the show notes and information on my website at emmalankton.com. The newsletter sends out tips, information, statistics, the latest reports and the current organisational trends that are happening right now so that you don't have to dig around for it. It comes out monthly, so you can guarantee that I won't be spamming you. And finally, a request from me that if you haven't hit the subscribe button or left a review for me, then please do go and find the little button and leave a review. Let me know your key thoughts and your takeaways and what you value most from the podcast. If you hit subscribe, it makes sure that you never miss another episode. 
So today I'm joined by Scott McClellan. Scott is a branch manager with Santander and he loves working with people and teams to realise their potential. He says that's the most rewarding part of what he does. But what really gets him out of bed in the morning is coaching and helping others to be the best they can be, helping them to achieve this in a balanced way and ensure they love what they do. Isn't that what we want for all our organisations and teams? So Scott, welcome to the show. It's really great to have you here. Thank you. Good to see you, Emma. And you too. So we've chatted, obviously, before this recording, and you shared a bit with me about your passion for well-being in the workplace and that um, striving for balance in that way. Do you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about how you have come to be so keen and enthusiastic about this? Yeah, well, I think um, I think before lockdown, before last March, if we can remember back then, where weeks have been really busy with travel, um, I've got... 19 branches that spread a few hundred miles or more than a few hundred miles. So I never really thought about well-being much because it was just on the hamster wheel of visiting branches, being busy, trying to have some personal life weekend, and that was my balance. Probably with lockdown, it meant I had to think about that differently because I was then working from home in one location. And I probably thought I needed to think about balance less than ever because it would be fine, I was at home. And actually what I found was my days were tremendously busy, busier than they were before. There was no downtime because you went from Zoom to Zoom or call to call. You could fill the diary and always be on call. And I found that the things I used to do, um, gym or cycling or walking or whatever, I neglected. You know, with that comes a toll. You you get to a point where your energy is sapped. Your effectiveness is definitely less. Your team notice it. Your family notice it. You notice it. So I started to try and put into place different things myself that would help. And... It also became a lot more aware that I've got about 160 people at work in my region. And I kind of became an awful lot more aware of the impact I have on their lives. If I'm not in a balanced place, how much that feeds through the whole region, even virtually, extremely quickly. So I see that as yeah, responsibility to myself, but actually a duty to my team. Because if I'm not in a, a well-balanced place or keep my own petrol tank topped up, then it's got an impact on potentially 160 people. If they've got two or three people at home, maybe maybe multiply it again, and suddenly you've got this whole ripple effect that can be quite negative. And I think it just became much more apparent through lockdown that you can have that impact. Absolutely. You know, and I love the way that you describe that because it is, I mean, I call it about the kind of domino effect. And I often say about how, you know, our mood and positivity and kindness or even just smiling at somebody about our, all of this is contagious in a way. It's probably not the best analogy after we've had a really contagious pandemic, but I've been <laughs> saying it for a while, so I'm just carrying on with it. Was there kind of one thing that you noticed where you felt that you needed to sort of make these changes and be more aware of it? Or was it was it just a collective? I think it was one, maybe one moment at the start and I had about... At the very start of the pandemic, I had about 60 people working from home or maybe not working from home, just asked to be at home for different reasons. So I decided, one of my colleagues actually elsewhere did a, a Zoom session with colleagues at home and it was just a bit of light relief, let's have a catch up and speak at all different levels. So I organised this session at a really short notice, two days notice, and there were text messages going to colleagues at home and all the rest of it. So they had access to a Zoom session on a Friday afternoon. And I expected about... I don't know, 10, 15 people to join. 
and I had about 60, or I had almost everybody joined, even though it wasn't, uh, some of them weren't working hours, they just joined. And we had kids and cats and dogs and all sorts. And and the feedback, it was it was chaos. It was absolutely, because I couldn't even, I didn't even really know how to work Zoom at the time. So, yeah, the mutual facility I didn't know about and those type of things, it was absolutely chaos. But it was such a, it almost felt like you were lifting the pressure off the pressure cooker. It just felt like a, a bit of a release to everybody, including me. After that, it was only it was made to be twenty minutes. It ended up being an hour, and it was just general rabble of conversation and connection, and more about people showing us cats and dogs and kids and things. But afterwards, um, it was a Friday afternoon, and I knew it. It felt like the best thing I'd done all week. I felt on a Friday afternoon, normally you're a little bit drained, I suppose. I felt like I, I wanted the week to continue. It was a really good. So I got so much from it, and, I, and it just made me think what other positive things can you do? If you keep doing positive things, you're going to feel better yourself. Absolutely. So so that that was the kind of side. And then we thought, right, not how do we just do that with people at home, but how do we do that, do that with colleagues and branches? How do we keep connecting in different ways? And probably a lot less formal, not, not in the corporate way anymore. And that's maybe quite easy because I'm sitting at home with a T-shirt and things on. I've no longer got my, my, shirt, my white shirt and red tie on. <laughs> I've just... So the see me more as a person, I think. So it definitely helps you connect more. And I just found that the more I did things like that or share things, it might be LinkedIn posts or stories about my walk in the morning or a picture of where I'd been or or actually I shared at one point all the mistakes I'd made through lockdown of all the things I'd done that weren't effective and with colleagues. And they kind of thought, yeah, we've all done those and we're still doing them. And so... I think it was being more vulnerable, not sharing the perfect world, but sharing actually, I'm kind of in this too. And the pandemic just maybe, I don't know, maybe put us all in a similar place for a little bit that we all go, yeah, I get it. They don't see me as a person or job title anymore, just that we're all, we can all be in similar places and it's okay to speak up a wee bit. And that's so true, really, because, you know, I mean, we are all human at the end of the day and there is... We, you know, we do grow up with this hierarchy and we do need somebody that, you know, has different levels of responsibility and things in organisations completely. I agree with that. I remember way back getting interviewed, whoa, I was like 29 and getting interviewed for a job in a director's office. And he sat in on the interview. God, what a control freak. And he sat in on the interview, but he wasn't part of the interview, which was weird. Um, but then he butted in near the end and said uh, something that was, uh, it was elevating his, his own importance. And he was really good at elevating his own importance. And I think I'd given an answer that was, uh, you know, along the lines of, you know, well, we're all human and, um, I, you know, I'll treat you the same as the next person. And I can remember his face being completely shocked. And I thought, oh, well, that's it. I've blown it. I'm not going to get that job. But I did get the job. And I, it was apparently it was my honesty. I don't think he liked my honesty after that, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he always seemed to have it in for me. It's that, that those levels of hierarchy, they are needed at certain times, but then we need to know the person behind that, don't we? And get to know the people and some of the likes and dislikes and things like that, because we've got this, you know, the mix of skills and a mix of interest. And then that's what makes people human and makes people approachable and also gets the best out of people, isn't it? Yeah, and I think um, I think even balance and well-being, I, I think it can be tempting to try and train it through an organisation, try to train it to people and do it as a bit of a cascade. 
Yeah. And we do lots of things that need to be done in that way, but but I certainly sense that with kind of well-being and balance, you need to you need to be authentic with it, otherwise it doesn't connect. And it and if you don't have to share it, everybody's got their own boundaries, which is fine. But if you share a bit of your own journey and sometimes the mistakes you made and actually how you are feeling and that's okay. And nobody what I've found is there's less certainly with my team down the way, there's no real judgment in that stuff because people open up a wee bit more and and that's been really, really important. I think we've we've probably caught quite a lot of people just, I can always align it to a petrol tank, whereas, you know, if, if my car's got a little bit of petrol in it, I can still jump in it and drive somewhere, that'll be okay. And I won't notice the difference. Whereas with us, we need to keep it topped up as much as possible because people do notice the difference if you if you're, if you're go down a bit in the scale. So probably before the pandemic out or lockdown, the first lockdown, I am... Um, I would have probably reached out to look at resources or guides or podcasts or books or whatever it may be or any other things um, to support my my well-being when I really needed to. So that's probably where my petrol tank is close to empty, the light's almost on. Yeah. Or maybe just going down a wee bit. Whereas now I've, I've realised increasingly and for my team as well, it's so important to just keep doing positive things and keep it topped up as much as you can. Maybe because you don't have to, because you're still functioning fine, there's no big issue, but it, it helps you, it helps keep you energised, it, 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 it's a positive, it, it, it gives you far more positivity, you get to the end of the day with a bit more energy left and your, and your family notice it as well, as opposed to, you've undertook a series of tasks that actually maybe need to be done, but don't give you much joy. Yeah, and, and that's completely it, you know, and when I'm talking to people about, you know, how they can uh, stay motivated and how they can get through things, a lot of the things that I talk about is, um, you know, you're saying about boundaries. Boundaries mean different things to different people. And so we all need to set our own at what's right for us. But um, the boundaries are there. The support is there. It's almost like I talk about having different levels of support, you know, what, whatever it is that lifts us up. Like you were saying, sometimes it's podcasts and things like that. Sometimes it's exercise. Whatever provides that support and that boost to us we've still got the energy to do the things that are that are difficult it used to be before lockdown I used to say to people you know to do the biggest thing first but now I say do the thing that makes you feel like you've achieved first <laughs> yeah I mean even now my commute time and a week used to be maybe I'd be away two or three nights a week and maybe traveling 25 hours some week or something like that and now I've probably substituted that for, I, I still almost use my commute time, but to go out a walk in the morning. So I leave the house, at, sometimes I'll go to work with my wife and I'll just walk after that. So it's maybe an hour and a half. I'll say to my managers that I'm available on the phone from whatever time if you need me and for a chat. Not always, but sometimes I'll do that. But I'll be free until about half past nine, just for anything that's cropped up. It can just be a generic chat or whatever. So I'm not hiding the fact that I'm not actually in the office. Well, this is the office, but I'm not here until half past nine. Yeah. I don't need to be clocking at nine o'clock, so they don't need to be there. Sometimes at four o'clock, my wife will finish, I'll go and walk then. I'm still available, I'm still doing everything, but I'm not going to apologise. So those things start to feed through that it's allowable. We can do that. And we, we did some things when, when lockdown um, ceased a little bit for a time, if you remember that. We, um, we did some things with teams where, where managers were doing one-to-ones, they'd walk in one-to-ones just without another walk with a colleague and another chat. And what we found was that really interesting because you get to a much um, say deeper but a much more honest place more quickly because you end up just being people you're not at the end either side of your desk you get yeah. to really what they want to discuss so I think there's, there's loads there's loads of things we can do differently and 
and definitely find we can be an awful lot more flexible than we've ever been, even though we've got branched open X hours to X hours. There's lots of things we can do just to to be a bit different. If I lead in that a wee bit, then it helps make it allowable. It's okay. And even lunch hours, you know, <laughs> the managers are brilliant at saying, um, planning and everybody's lunch breaks apart from their own, which is yeah. the opposite of what they should do because if they're not energised and they flag in the afternoon, their decision-making, their mood, their tone, their leadership, everything in the afternoon will be awful or worse. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a lot at the moment, isn't there, about Zoom fatigue as well. And, you know, some of the things that you say are some of the bits of advice that I give to people about, you know, preventing this Zoom fatigue or being able to come back from it. And it's like, you know, just having regular phone calls. Usually when I'm... um, emailing people only even talking to people i'll say do you know do you want a zoom call or a good old-fashioned telephone call because nobody seems to do telephone calls anymore so go back to the telephone calls like you say and you can do them when you're walking around you know when you're getting a bit of exercise and things like that you know that's all of it and having lunch breaks properly it's so important so this company where there was the authoritarian boss they also introduced a lot of homeworking to reduce the amount of people in the office and it was part of their business plan and they knew that they got much more productivity out of people because they didn't move away from their desk and they didn't go off to the shop to get a sandwich at lunchtime and they didn't do all the other things that you do in an office so they knew that they got much more productivity I mean I know lots of people have been juggling schooling and the guilt bit has kicked in and the difference of the pressure and the hours and things but people have almost tied themselves to the desk and so for you you know for you saying that you set that example and and send out that message you know I'm not at my desk till half past nine but you can get me if you need to and here's how and I'm taking my lunch break I'm finishing at four etc those all send a marvellous message out to everybody else and it's almost like giving them permission as well isn't it I think I think that's definitely a thing that um, because we've worked in a corporate structure and people are used to rules and, and guidelines and, and actually used to hierarchy um, not being happy if we breach those guidelines if you're in late at work and all those things. What we've kind of found now is that we can operate really well but, but we need we need real engagement and we need real um, we need a lot of people to be doing probably more than they've ever done but you can only do that for a longer time if you've got real engagement and, and flexibility, it needs to go both ways. You can't just keep taking. And we definitely found that with small things, it can become really big things. But if somebody's got an appointment they need to be at or um, school, schooling, they can drop their kids off at a certain time, we don't need them to pay back the time. Because they, you don't even have to have the conversation. They will pay you back in spade loads just by giving them a bit of leeway. They'll Absolutely. do more. There's not necessarily hours. It's just so... It, those things make a big, big difference. And, and some of the sessions I've done with Zoom calls with colleagues at home and coaching sessions, and they'll often recall small things that we kind of forgot we did, yeah. that they saw as massive at the time. And, and we've definitely seen that you know, engagement of a team is just, you can't live without it. You can certainly, you can, you can probably sustain yourself with mediocre engagement and, and do an all right job but you'll never get great outputs and you won't. And then one of the questions we ask in our engagement stuff is that if you got offered the same term somewhere else, would, would you choose to stay with us? And increasingly, yes, I would, because I know it's different. Yeah. And it's, and it's, not, it's not really because of a, 
a handbook or a mission statement or a company guideline. It's more so what they felt, what their next line did, what their next line did, and how it felt to work here and how it felt to uh, just be a bit of a, a person. And so I think that it's, it's used a lot now, but being authentic is really, really important. And that means flaws as well sometimes, and that's maybe where I need to be a little bit braver at times to be sometimes openly flawed or I made a mistake or that didn't quite go well enough and and, put, and that can be about work or it could be about something outside or I've pushed the boundaries or yes you did see the email from me late at night and I mean tomorrow I'm frazzled a bit you know I don't want you to be doing this or all those small things are going to make a big difference and even just yeah and even but even that if you did send an email late at night for example you know and then you took some time and you reflected on it and then you you know you raised it again and went right okay yeah I know I did that however you know there's a lot of companies out there that are kind of putting a signature on and something that I advise people to do when I'm talking about you know setting boundaries is you know to put something in their signature that then says um, if I'm sending this email, it's because it suits me and I don't expect an answer type thing or, yeah. you know, my working hours are because it fits with me, et cetera. And, and so some of it, again, is about either setting the boundaries, you know, giving the explanation and putting in that recognition that, yeah, maybe I did that, but I don't expect you to answer. is really, really important for people. And it's also, but just sharing some of the things that you're sharing there really helps people to feel included and know that they're and know that they're not alone with all of this stuff and all of the different balancing and struggles etc it's it's so important as part of the engagement isn't it it's, it's funny with the managers new region and, and the colleague that branch had an idea of practically the only thing most of us are doing just now is I, walking around our everywhere we live and that's about we're lucky to live in a really loads of beautiful bits in our region so they had the idea of when you're out your walk and you're in your zone or your happy place or something that you like or somewhere you go to or any of those things take a picture and share it with us you can share a story or just a picture it's fine so let's say we've got 160 odd people in the region we didn't do it as a mandatory activity but just if you want to take part and send a picture to one of the colleagues just send us your picture and we kind of thought we'd, again we thought we'd get about 25 or 30 pictures and the guy in Berwick Branch phoned me on the Monday to say you won't believe it I've already got like over 100 odd pictures just over the weekend everybody yeah. <laughs> kind of engaged and, and I think we got up to 300 pictures so in the end so what we did was he put together a video of all the clips of the places in the region that people went to all the kind of beautiful places and it kind of just shows that even that just showed that we're all doing the same things there's some real things we can be really thankful for and, and actually some of this has got us a good place in that we're doing more exercise and more walks and getting more fresh air and getting a little bit more balance at times. And we kind of found that everybody felt this, oh, with 300 pictures, so it was great. So I think it's, it, it does make it a, a collective thing that we're not speaking about balance and well-being because any of us have got a problem today or we're putting our hand up having a problem it's actually just because we've all got times when we're a wee bit lower or we need a wee bit of support or you need to get that fresh air. We've all been there at some point. And, and I think that's a, a collective thing, which is strengthened. Absolutely. And it's so important, isn't it? If we've got organized people working in organisations listening to this and they want to try and enhance the balance that they have and the well-being in their organisation... 
If they were going to start with one thing, what would you say that would be? I think it's about what they would do for themselves first. Yeah. I don't think you can really um, put anything to your culture of an organisation without starting with yourself because it's not authentic and it becomes a a guidebook or a mission statement that comes from a corporate place. So I think it's an awful lot more about, actually, this is this is what maybe, again, boundaries, but this is what I've done. This is now what I do. This is what I've learned. And I'd like more of us to do these things. Cause just what you said earlier on, Emma, it, gives the, it shows that we're all part of it, but it also shows that I'm, I'm truly committed to this. And also I'm giving you permission to be flexible. And then I think you'll get quite a lot of ideas from the organisation about different things, like the one I just shared, but different things that could be done to support. And then it's, it becomes more bottom-up than top-down. It's not a cascade. It's just we all start to do things and share them. And I think if it becomes a, a bottom-up culture, then it's probably something that can stick and really grow and, and be effective. If it's top-down, it's probably, even with the right intention, it's probably more of a cascade and a training exercise and something that might not actually translate itself to the organisation. Because it was done with the right intention, but once upon a time that kind of gets forgotten about. Yeah, completely and utterly. I wholeheartedly agree with that. So, yes, it absolutely starts with themselves, doesn't it? Oh, that's such a fantastic message to leave it with, Scott. Thank you so much for that. If people did want to connect with you at all, where would be the best place to do that? Um, LinkedIn's fine, so you'll see my LinkedIn profiles, just my, my name on LinkedIn. There's not too many of us, I don't think, so you'll find it. And I'll put a link for that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know people will get a ton of value from this conversation. Excellent. Thank you, Emma. I appreciate it. Brilliant. So if anybody is taking some value from this, please do make sure that you share it, that you leave a review and check out the links in the show notes where you can connect with Scott as well. And then I'll see you again in the next episode.